This talk is given by Vanessa Zvise Goddard, a writer and lay Zen teacher based in New York City. This talk, like all of Zvise's talks, is offered freely. If you'd like to make a donation, find out more about Zvise's teachings, or sign up for her newsletter, please visit her website at vanessasvisegoddard.org. Thanks for listening. May the merits of this teachings benefit all beings. May these words help and not harm. May they clarify and not confuse. May they self-liberate, leaving no trace of me. Good evening, everyone. Laura, it's very nice to see you, welcome. So tonight we're speaking about uh, taking refuge in the three treasures. The three treasures of Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And in, in Buddhism, taking refuge really means um, declaring your, your commitment to these three jewels and to the path of liberation. Now, Trungpa Rinpoche once said that taking refuge means committing ourselves to liberation. And traditionally, taking refuge uh, was to give expression, right, to that wish to live your life as a Buddhist. And um, in the sutras, it is said that, that the Buddha would use this taking of refuge to ordain his monastics. And that, that was in fact the ceremony of ordination. You took refuge in the three treasures and by doing so you became part of the monastic Sangha. And in a sense, by, by default, you said, I'm a Buddhist and I'm going to live my life as a Buddhist. In our own tradition, taking refuge is part of the liturgy right, of taking the precepts, jukai, or of renewing those vows to live your life um, along the lines of liberation, with liberation as the aim. And, you know, generally speaking, anybody can take the precepts. When we do renewal of vows ceremony, fusatsu, you know, you're, you're renewing those, those uh, vows to not harm, to um, practice good, to actualize good for others within the context of these three treasures. And you don't have to have taken them formally, just as you don't have to have taken any formal vows to chant in the evening the four bodhisattva vows, to say, I want to live my life as a bodhisattva with, with, the, with the benefit of others in mind. And so, I mean, right now, this, this moment, you could decide to live your life guided by the three treasures and by these ethical principles that are the precepts. And, and to use these as, as the beacon, right, as the, as the direction for your life. But if you do choose to formally take the precepts, then you are declaring, you're saying, I want to live my life as a Buddhist. 
And in this case, then taking refuge is the second step in that the process, you know, the, the, the Jukai ceremony, the precept ceremony after atonement, right? And, and we spoke of, those of you who, who began the class on the precepts, we spoke of the gatha of atonement. And so first you're acknowledging all your karma, especially the harmful karma, you know, the harm that you have created, that your actions, your confusion may have caused. And then you turn, you deliberately turn towards Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. You turn towards these three treasures, saying, this is what I want to guide my life, right? These jewels, these lights. And you turn to them when it's easy, and you especially turn to them when it's hard, when you need ground under your feet. And I can't tell you how often I hear when somebody is, uh, is really struggling, somebody's having a really hard time, and they say, I really know I should be sitting. I know I should be practicing, but I just, I can't, or I don't have time. And I always say, but this is exactly the time. This is exactly the time when you want to turn. And it doesn't have to look a particular way. I think part of what happens is we think, well, I have to sit down on my cushion, you know, for an hour or two hours a day, and I have to do this liturgy. Well, really, that turning can be very simple. It is, it's, it, it's a moment, taking a moment to say, I need refuge. I need help to ask of the universe, to ask of Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha for that support. And so Dil Gokyense Rinpoche, Vajrayana teacher said, the essence of taking refuge is to have complete confidence in the three treasures regardless of life circumstances, good or bad, right? So you're not, you're not making deals consciously or unconsciously. You're not saying, I will, I will believe, I will put my trust, I will put my faith if and when. It's a complete trust, a complete faith, complete in the sense of all pervading. And in the Jukai ceremony, the, the chant, the Japanese chant for taking refuge uh, includes the word kie, which means to unreservedly throw oneself into and to rely upon. And I've spoken about how Daidoroshi used to describe it as, as a trust, as a faith without safety nets. And he would use the image of a, of a child standing on top of a dresser and throwing themselves into space, trusting, knowing that their parent would be there to catch them. It is that vulnerable, 
but if there are no safety nets when you take refuge, then who or what catches you? Yourself, of course. Trusting the Dharma, aligning with the Dharma, you catch yourself. So the teacher doesn't catch you. God doesn't catch you. You catch yourself. And because we miss, sometimes, we catch each other. That is what Sangha does. But what does that mean? You know, how? How do we really do that? And I have um, often thought, you know, that it's, that it's really telling, it's very, very interesting, poignant to me, that Kie is both this, this reliance on the three treasures, but it's also a kind of vulnerability, right? So, so if you think of that child, they're throwing themselves into space, you know, their arms wide open, and that's not really the, the way we normally think about refuge. We think of it as shelter, as protection, protection from the elements, protection, protection from each other, protection from ourselves even. And Kie is the opposite, it seems. You put yourself out there completely. You expose yourself completely, and that's the protection. And you know what? It's true. It feels horrible when you think about it, when you imagine yourself doing that. But if you're able to, it's true. You expose yourself completely, and that is the refuge. You know, I've never jumped off a plane. I have no plans for doing so. But I would imagine that it's kind of like this. You're sitting in the cabin, your, your legs dangling in space. And every ounce of you, every bit of your survival instinct is saying, no, don't do it. Don't jump. You will die here. And that voice is right. You will die here. Something will die here. But what is that? And so if you're able to get over your fear and you do jump and you find yourself flying, weightless, then you realize that true vulnerability is accepting there's no ground under your feet, and there never was. You know, I just had that, an image of uh, Calvin and Hobbes, you know, the, the, the comic strip. Uh, and if you, if you read it, you know, there are so many of these sequences where they're hurtling down the hill in Calvin's uh, red wagon. Hurting, hurtling themselves through space, talking philosophy usually, and they would always end up in a ditch or in a lake or, you know, just on their heads. 
And I think that's, that is the fear. We're going to end up on our heads and we won't be able to write ourselves. And I think that's why at heart vulnerability is so, so tender. Because it is the recognition that the universe is an infinitely fragile place, that we're infinitely fragile beings. And this is terrifying. So when we realize that, some of us respond with hubris, with bravado. Some of us retreat and shut down. Some of us lash out, defend. And some of us recognize that the only way to deal with this fragility is to face it. Is to hold it with a great deal of respect. And recognizing that fragility, we take refuge in what is not fragile. And what is, in fact, unbreakable. Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And so the Buddha treasure is the historical Buddha, Shakyamuni. But it's also Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, supreme enlightenment. And this is our nature, that bright, luminous, awake nature. And even when it doesn't feel like this, is true. That everything is illuminated right now. Buddha is also the realization of that Buddha nature. And it's not only seeing the light, right? but it's, it's living it. It's feeling its warmth. And it's also all the many Buddhas present throughout all of space and time, through space-time. Everyone who's ever seen that light, everyone who will ever see that light, everyone who is that light, which is everyone, even though they may not know it yet. And I think that that's a big part of the Bodhisattva vow, that a Bodhisattva is saying, I know at least a little bit more about this light. Let me tell you about it. Let me share this with you. There's a, there's a few people, there's a few people in my life that are that light. They are that light. And they're not even necessarily Buddhist. Some of them are not. And so in their presence, it's just harder to forget. And I think to myself, you know, I often, that is one of my vows. I mean, let me be that light for others. The Dharma treasure is the Buddha's teachings, but it's also... In, in, in fact, in, in, in the ceremony, it's called undefiled purity. Undefiled simply because it reaches everywhere, right? So you can't miss it. You can't stain it. 
you can't offend it. it let's, let me say that again. You cannot offend the Buddha, the, the Dharma treasure, sorry. You can offend people, and we do all the time. We hurt one another all the time. We cannot hurt the Dharma treasure. Because it reaches everywhere. It embraces everything. It accepts everything. It shuts none out, as Walt Whitman said. The Dharma is also the teachings, right, that have been handed down generation after generation. All the sutras, the commentaries, the oral teachings, all the words that give expression to the profound truth that the Buddha realized. And we're fortunate enough to have access to them. And so it's really, it's the wisdom of everyone who's walked the path before us and said, this is what it's like to be human. This is what you can expect. And then the Sangha treasure is the community of practitioners, the virtue of harmony. So Sangha isn't just a crowd. It's not a random gathering of people, certainly, or it's even an intentional gathering. Sangha is the virtue of harmony, which means that without harmony, there is no Sangha. In Sangha, I also think about it as the abode of the Buddha and the Dharma, right? It's where, it's where um, Buddha and Dharma live. And it's the practice of the Buddha's Dharma because practice can only happen in relationship, in a relationship with ourselves, in relationship with others. And so you could say that Sangha is action. Sangha is connection, interconnection. Thich Nhat Hanh said that the, that the current Buddha, the modern Buddha, the contemporary Buddha is the Sangha. Thomas Merton once said, it takes more courage than we imagine to be perfectly simple with others. Our frankness is often spoiled by our fear. How true. We become afraid in our interactions with others. We become confused. In our, in our confusion, we turn outward and we stop looking at ourselves. And, and the thing is, you know, when we're looking at another, we've spoken about this, we're, we're, we're looking really at an idea, an idea that we have formed in our minds about who this person is, and very quickly things get very complicated. So, so Merton says, your idea of me is fabricated with materials you have borrowed from other people and from yourself. What you think of me depends on what you think of yourself. Perhaps you create your idea of me out of material that you would like to eliminate from your own idea of yourself. Perhaps your idea of me is a reflection of what other people think of you. 
or perhaps what you think of me is simply what you think I think of you. In any case, we can't see ourselves, and so we can't see each other. And while we're busy trying to work our way out of the model, we forget. We forget, I am that light. A light that won't be put out, that it can't be put out. Why? Because no one can take from you what you've always had. And so in an interaction where there is a conflict, where there is a disagreement, where there is a, uh, let's say, some form of insult or disregard, that is not in any way negated, denied. But still, no one can take away from you what you've always had your perfection, your wholeness. You cannot lose what you were never missing. That is why the three treasures are indestructible. You understand? And it's very easy for me to say this, and it's very difficult for me, at least, to practice, to remember that. In the moment when I am hurt or when I hurt another, it is very difficult to feel myself in the midst of that light. And that is why we actually take refuge. That is why we turn deliberately. And as I said at the beginning, we can always turn but it's especially important to turn when we think we're lost. Especially important when we can't find the ground under our feet. And so for me, it comes down to this, you know, in times of peace and in times of great turmoil, I remind myself, I have this body. I have this mind. I have my breath. I have this seat and I have enough know-how and the willingness to turn toward what is unbreakable, what is inextinguishable. Even when I don't fully understand what that is or when I think I can sort of see it, but I can't quite yet bring it in. I can't quite live it in this moment. I still keep trying to turn. I still keep trying to remind myself of that, that jewel in my sleeve, sewn into the, the hem of my sleeve, as that Lotus Sutra story says, a jewel that never loses its shine, that light that cannot be put out. And then I remind myself that I don't have to be looking for it out there, elsewhere, because I already have everything I need. And it doesn't feel that way a lot of the time. And it's still true. I have everything I need. No matter how much I think I've lost, what I have 
is always it's always so much more because it's everything what i have what you have is everything for more talks to get more information about Zvise's upcoming teachings or to join her email list, please visit vanessasvisegoddard.org.